Hey guys, it's Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Hey, listen, if you know me, you know that 316 Creative Works exists to partner with artists, businesses, and churches. Uh, one of my good friends is a business guy. It's the Maynard family, and they run a business, and now they're in partnership with us. So that's Precision Door Service. Listen, in case of emergency, I always call Precision Door Service. They are experts in repairing, replacing all your garage doors and overhead doors. They can be reached. They got two numbers. The Indiana side is area code 219-306-8155. Again, 219-306-8155. Now, on the Illinois side, uh, Precision Door Service can be uh, contacted at area code 708-474-6657. And number again is 708-474-6657. You can always get them at precisiongarage-door.com. That's precisiongarage-door.com. Of course, we'll probably have Justin throw a contact card up there for you so you guys can see it if you're watching this. Again, this is Clayton from 316 Creative Works introducing you to another member of the family, the business of precision door service. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks. Welcome back. Uh, I am Clayton with uh, 316 Podcast, 316 Creative Works. Um, again, we need a special thanks to our uh, house manager, Danielle, our audio uh, engineer and our producer. Uh, of course, it always is Justin. Uh, we certainly need to thank our creative producer, who is Esther, and uh, Farmhouse Studios. Always thanks to Larry and Sandy. But guys, today we are back um, with number part three of... Uh, of Juan Ortiz. Juan, we, we, we left off last time. We talked about your dad just went to, to prison. Right. And you just graduated from high school. Right. Now, how, how embarrassing was that? Well, it was actually the perfect timing because people knew my dad was messed up. They just didn't know who he was. It came out in the paper and different stuff, but luckily a lot of people didn't read it or whatever, but... No big deal. But the transition to college, because I wasn't going to go home. I was going to stay with my mom. My youth pastor was the one that said, don't worry about your mom. Don't worry about your siblings. The church will have Because you, you you promised your mom, I, I will take it. care of you. I'm going to go to college. Yeah. I'm going to make millions, and I'm going to buy you a house and Well, a I car. didn't say millions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get to there in and a couple minutes. And I didn't minutes. say buy a new house. I'm <laughs> just saying a house. You, we're going to live together. But uh, my youth <laughs> pastor was like, you know, don't worry about your mom and your siblings. We'll we'll help take care of them. He goes, you need to get an education, and we'll help you. And he literally filled out the application for college, got me enrolled, filled out the financial aid. And to this day, I don't know how my friend Tim got me into my college because my grade point average was on secret probation. You know, I was like... How am I? How did I get into school? He goes, "Don't worry, I had to pull some strings." You <laughs> I know, this, I, I made him an offer. But game. now I'm in college, and I am scared to death. I don't know anyone in my entire family that's gone to college, 
And I still remember the first day I had a Chevy Impala. I bought this gold Chevy hey. Impala. It was beautiful. You drop it. Um, <laughs> I painted Trans Am on the back, you know, because that, <laughs> that was the big car. But I bought the car for 200 bucks. That was my car. And I'll never forget, I brought one suitcase of clothes. I had very little Did, clothes. Did you live on campus? It was kind of a dorm? Yep. yep. And this was 45 minutes away from my house yeah, in Wheaton. Yeah. And my mom and I got in the car, and she cried the whole, the whole way time. there. Yeah. I drove there. Here's what's crazy. I drove there. We walked around campus because we came a couple weeks early because of freshman orientation. Right. That's where I saw Becky. I was going to say, we're going to get... Oh, gonna, man, I saw Becky. It's like, it <laughs> You hear that, Justin? It all comes I together. I didn't say it out loud to God because my mom was next to me. <laughs> yeah. but, I, but we walked around campus, and then we sat in my dorm room, and my mom was bawling. She's just crying. Like, you can't, Juan. You can't leave me, Juan. You can't. And then my roommate, Bob, walks in, and... His parents, you know, it was Bob and his father, Robert, and Roberta, and yeah. their sister, <laughs> Robbie. Robbie. And it was like, and they're the perfect family. Yeah. And they're the looking at me. And yeah. can you imagine yeah, walking no, in? I'm like no. this Mexican guy, you know? And, and my, is, is it the, and the, my the, mom's in the corner yeah, crying. crying. And this is the days of Cheech, Cheech and Sean. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was <laughs> so bad. And, uh, and but, you know, we eventually, and then. I had to drive my mom home. Yeah, I was that gonna night. say, what are you thinking? Because then you had to drive her home. I and come literally back. drove my mom home. She cried the whole oh, way. Yeah, yeah. And when I got home, she wanted to cook me a meal, so I sat there. Tamales? And, no, <laughs> once a year is the tamales. <laughs> but we sat there, and my mom just cried and yeah. cried. And then I got in the car because I was pretty strong with her. Yeah. But when I got in the car, I cried, and yeah. I was scared to death. Yeah. Driving back, going. I'm I'm a stupid person. Yeah, you're dumb. And and as and as dysfunctional and as abusive as you were, that was that was what you knew. You could survive that. You didn't know if you could survive. There's good, no way. I, I I knew I wouldn't. And see, this this is what um, this is what stops oftentimes us from being successful. Yeah. It's because we just don't know how to do it. Right. And even if we do do it, I don't know what to do with it. I'm I'm going to become worse than my father because he never had the amount of money that success brought. And so. Uh, it's it's going to be a mess. You know what's ironic right. is my dad grew up in such a fluent household. Yeah. His father, my grandfather, was very successful and was legal resident in the United States. And my dad could have had an education at any school he wanted to in the United States. He was a straight-A student. He spoke four languages. I mean, literally, my dad could have come to any school he wanted to in the United States. The entire thing paid by his father and here I'm going to college. I don't have a penny. I have no idea. And by the way, I worked three jobs in college. Yep. Three. So, so, so this hot blonde freshman. Loved her. She's uh, she's dating the, the captain of the football team. Right. And you just had a class with her? or No, you know, we had some common friends. One, A dear friend of mine, Kevin, who was a suite mate, like in September, said, hey, we're going to Denny's to study. You want to come with us? And he liked me because I'm funny. I'm telling stories. Yeah. Well, one of his closest friends is is my wife. At that time, it was, you know, just this gorgeous woman. And she's at Denny's. We start talking and connecting, and the rest is history. We just became really good friends, even though she was dating Tarzan. Right, because, right. trust me, he yeah. was Tarzan. No, he chestnut hair. I mean, I was like... Dear God. Walked around in a loincloth, obviously. Right? <laughs> yeah, one time he looked at me and goes, are you looking at my girlfriend? I'm like, no, nope, senor, no. not me, not me. <laughs> but anyways, we became great friends. And here is a pillar in the change of my life. 
this confident woman who we in, I end up becoming friends with first, and she loved me. She was patient with me. And then we started dating in the spring of my freshman year, and she has literally transformed my life. God knew that I needed a woman like that. You needed that woman. I, you know, I say this the same thing. Look, I'm an alcoholic. Um, I, I say to people often, and not only do I say, you know, my wife is the most beautiful blonde I've ever met, but that's at least a trifle thing about it. But here's the thing. She's one of the only people that I know who has been able to successfully change her husband. Mm-hmm. You know, her strength, her attitude, her her soft um, sh- strength of character. Uh, it, I wound up in rehab yeah, be- because of her. Yeah. yeah. That was it for me. From the day Becky and I started dating, I just was like, it was, she was a godsend. Yeah, and so it was like literally four, three and a half years of college with this girlfriend. Yeah, four, uh, yeah. And, you, and, and college was great. I mean, your, your dad's in prison. Uh, very difficult. My dad called me collect almost every day in prison the first year. But you'd go home and see your mom on weekends, you do your laundry. Every single win- weekend yeah. I'd go home and love my mom. And I worked three jobs to send money home. Yeah, because you got a, f- a free ride to college? I mean, you got scholarship sponsorships? Nothing. No, you got nothing? nothing? Had to take out loans, had to work to pay my bills, and work to help my mom pay bills. And by the way, during college, I had to help my mom move because it was... you didn't have enough money. We just didn't have enough money. So, you get uh, a, so she would be evicted. So Right. So you get out of college, uh, and, and, and do, you, do you marry your wife pretty early on? We married right after college, yeah. and, uh, you know, I, I was so ready to go. I was like, you know, she's still saying yes to me, yeah, so right. I, I got to... You know, close the you deal. Capitalize on before this. she. Right, right, and by right. the way, I want to say this: so many people told her, "What are you doing? What are you thinking?" I mean, you literally could have any guy you want, right. and this is the guy you right. pick. This right. guy's got right. problems. Right. This guy's got severe right. issues emotionally, right. and they were right. Yeah, they were. And, I did, and you were you were going to destroy her. But life. you know what she would say? I know, but I see something so beautiful in this guy's. Now, heart. do you think that besides your mom, who's kind of Paid to love you, right? Because she's your mom. Yeah. Right? Do you think that your wife was the first person who saw you for who you could eventually become? My mom was the first to really uh, ground me in love. Yeah. But my wife was the first one to see my potential. Yeah. Now, I think my high school coach saw something, my sixth grade teacher, but my wife clearly could see right to my heart and said, there's something really special about him. And she would tell me that over and over because I was so depressed. I had anger problems. And my second book talks all about it. All these things I went through. Yeah. and uh, But we started dealing. As a matter of fact, I had a kid at 26 years old. And my wife was like, would you be open to getting professional counseling? And, I, oh, man, I was like, what? What do you think? I'm crazy? Hey, somebody? I, you know, if there was ever a time yeah. I was going to. Come after her. Yeah, it was, it was that. That's what she said. You have anger issues. Yeah. But <laughs> she angry. prayed with me and we talked about it. And um, yeah, I I went and got three years of professional Christian therapy every Tuesday for three years. Yeah. And it was just somebody to talk to, right? I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. My, my counselor, I used to give, when I would speak, I give credit to my counselor and he would tell me, one, you're not better because of me. Right. You're better because you chose to right. be better. Right. So many people go to therapists or counselors, and they just want to talk. Yeah. They don't want to get better. Right. My therapist said, from the day you walked in, you wanted to get better. You he goes, better. I can't help you no matter how many degrees I have. 
You have to want to get better. Yeah. And that's been the difference for me. Yeah. So kind of normal graduation, normal marriage, right? Your dad's in prison, but outside of that, you you found uh, solid ground. You found um, common place with your wife. You guys started a family. And you're still living in the far western suburbs of Chicago. Correct. And what what are you doing for a living? Are you, are you bagging groceries? Or are you? I was a mess. Job, just I job to job. I started right out of college in a church. I became a youth pastor, and it was a new church, and we raised money, and it was really tough. I made fourteen thousand dollars a year. A year. <laughs> I w- and it's not funny. My, it isn't funny. It was sad. And my wife actually made more money than me, and she basically. Paid most of the bills, did our budget, wrote the checks, and she was incredible. She was absolutely a pit bull when it came to the details in life. And I I just slid into depression. As a matter of fact, I left youth work. I still stayed at the church, but I left youth work after three years. And I must have I must have been in and out of 10 different jobs over the next 10 years. But you, but but so somewhere in that story, you actually became a Christian, not not just going. No, to church. I became a Christian you, when we were first saved from that farm. Okay, so thirteen years old ish. Yeah, 12, young, young 12 years old. I heard Jesus went to camp, yeah. gave my life, but it took me years to yeah. mature. Yeah, I understand. But so that's amazing. My my mom was twelve years uh, twelve really? years old too when she when she became a Christian at an outreach church. Okay, for so many years. So um, so eventually. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just take a shot in the dark and say late 90s, yeah. early 2000s, you're looking for another job because you had one job a year for the last 10 years. Yeah. You're, you're doing what you always do. You look at the one page, and you eventually see a, an article, a little snippet that says, uh, no, no, no training necessary. If you can talk and walk, we're going to train you. <laughs> it, it was weird because uh, my wife, back before internet, Way back before, you know, any of these things you could find online, we would go to the newspaper for job ads. And my wife sees a little one inch by one inch advertisement saying online credit card processing. And she goes, why don't you set an appointment with us? And I set up a couple of appointments. And so I did. But I actually on one of my interviews, I actually was offered a job with a major airline. In sales, and I'm like, yes, I was so pumped. And I got home and I said, I think I'm gonna get this job. And she goes, Great, how did that online credit card? I go, Well, <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's Friday. I don't want to go to that. I mean, I, I got a job. She goes, No, but listen to the wisdom of my wife. All right. This is 1999. She goes, Juan, I don't know what credit card processing is, but it might take off someday. But I do <laughs> think, here's what she said I do think online is is the way to go. Yeah. This is 1999. Yeah. This is my wife telling yeah. me. There was an online back then. No, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what online is. Yeah. How do you spell so it? So she just, do me a favor. Did you set up the interview? I go, yeah. She goes, just go to it. Yeah. So I went that Friday, and it was chaos. The interview yeah. Yeah, really nice. fell apart. The guy that was supposed to interview me went out on an appointment. Yeah, he didn't show up. But I met with his boss, a woman named Kristen, who yeah. was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And before I left that office an hour later... I'd accepted the yeah. job there. So 1999, you get into, you stumble backwards into the credit card merchant service processing industry. Yeah, I did. Which is what I stumbled into, which is actually. That's how we met. How Juan and I, yeah. is through my day job and through your day job, right. how how we met. Yeah. But, but 
so you're there for you're you're in that industry in that company doing that yeah. thing you're uh shucking and jiving and you're you're growing the ladder and you're making sales and you're yeah. doing the thing and and Kristen was your boss which right. by the way is is incredible business incredible story incredible person business leaders over there uh fierce competitors of mine yeah. for yeah. years and years yeah. <laughs> uh, but you rode that train and you became a big part of that yeah. that company a big part of that community a big part of the industry in in my world, from my corner, Juan Ortiz was a huge player in one of the largest credit card processors yeah. in America. Yeah, thank you. I mean that that's the story that kind of ev- that everybody starts kicking into. Like, oh, I get your company, I get who you are, I know you, I know all that. Uh, that's that's just incredible. Yeah, that's nothing short of God. Right. And, and I think that I would tell you this is so many of us, I remember feeling desperate to know what I'm supposed to do with my life. I'm job after job. I can't, I just can't succeed. Yeah. We're broke. Yeah. And uh, I get this job. And even then I was, I had to drive an hour one way to get to the office and an hour, you know, in, in winter would take three hours. And so I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Even at the beginning, I didn't know. But here's what I didn't realize. When I took that job, I was working under a team of people, yeah. starting with a CEO who ended up becoming a mentor for yeah, me. John. John. But John and Kristen and Nicole and yeah. Bob and all these guys formed this team yeah. that eventually, a couple years later, they would include me in that team. Yeah. And that team just... Was incredible. Yeah, went on to change. Uh, that team went on to change a, a lot of the ways that credit cards are processed in America. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to overstate here, and I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to be too generous to you. But that team went on, and you you got asked to join that team and partner into that team. Correct. Yes. And you you actually had some stock and some valuation. You actually had some ownership. Yeah. Uh, in that new team, which started a new thing, right? which kind of exploded. Yeah, I I had shares in the company, yeah. and those were given to me. Yeah. Because and, of my hard work, because of how it done, our CEO felt like you deserve some of this. Yeah, and then you grew the team, and <clears throat> you became like the main sales hub, the, the sales recruiter, the sales trainer. You would go, and you would, you would get the sales force yeah. and build the sales force. And Juan, you've had just... An incredible yeah. 15 years? Uh, this, 20? Is, this is my 21st year. Yeah. and But I ran that sales team probably for 15 years. Um, and then we eventually sold the company yeah. in 2007. And that's really when you, you get your, 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 your paycheck, right? Yeah, you actually, I got two paychecks along the way. <laughs> we originally sold the company to a private equity firm yeah. who then asked us to stay on as shareholders for another five or six years, and then we sold it again in 2017. So uh, I made two small little pops. And yeah. let me tell you, I'm completely humbled. Yeah. Coming from where I did, literally poverty and welfare and the life I came, that first pop was mind-boggling. Right. Now, for some guys, they're like, good job, Juan. That yeah. was nice. But for me, it was yeah. overwhelming. That's right. I could actually quit right then. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you could have been done. we stayed on. Right. 
Because what else are you going to do, right? I mean, you're at the time, you were probably, what, 45? Oh, 46? trust me. I, there was, no, I was 51. 50 then, okay. But there was plenty of things to do. Like, I was <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to start, you know, really paying for my own things now. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but here, here's the key. There is no price tag to have a business mentor like right. I had in John. That's right. And in my second book, I dedicate several chapters to key to basic principles concept. that helped me. Yeah, so I, I've had that too. So it's amazing how, how different your story is than mine, but how similar they are. Yeah. Because I've had a very similar, very different, but kind of similar story. Yeah. Similar coming to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, very similar f- falling backwards into an incredible career that I just tried the best in and, and had a, a business mentor in Brian mm-hmm. Uh, who did a very similar thing and grew this amazing company. And and it's been a great career and job for me, too. But along the way, you had other dreams. You you, you, yeah. you started a, a public speaking career, yeah. which is kind of which has gone great. Yeah. And that's kind of how I met you in the industry as a public speaker, yeah. as a keynote speaker. <laughs> Still remember. One of the great regional conferences I was at. Uh, yeah, you, I was speaking at this conference. Yeah. There's like five or 600 people. Yeah. And people were lining up to say hello to me or ask me questions. And I could see you standing in the background. You you wouldn't get in line. You just kind of waited, waited. I don't wait in line for anybody. (laughs) I know. And so when it was done, I was walking by and you're like, can I talk to you for a minute? And the rest is history. Yeah, that was it. That was was awesome. And and you you also have preached? Yeah. So, you know, when we started that church and I was a youth pastor, we started that uh, 1985. Yeah. And um, I started as a youth pastor, and I would speak in youth group and stuff. And eventually, my senior pastor allowed me to speak in church. And then I be- became good enough where I could be on the speaking team right. and a, te- a teacher. And then I became an elder, and I ran the men's ministry for 15 years. But the entire time, I was a public speaker. I was speaking in high schools right. and other churches. and Because in- you, you, you are, in my opinion, one of... The greatest motivational speakers. Oh man, Thanks. and it's not it's because you're 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 funny, a little silly, self <laughs> self deprecating humor, and you have a god sized story yeah. that that just preaches. You don't even have to say the name. It's Jesus, ridiculous, and it preaches. Yeah. So God has has gifted you. Yeah. With a broken story, so do you, do you see the value and the gift that that story actually is now? Now you're gonna read in my book. Um, Was the second one? The second book, yeah. it, which is yeah, right which, I, which I just got. Yeah, yeah, it's called Always Learning. Yeah. But in college, my sophomore year, I was at chapel because I went to a Christian college and I was at chapel and I heard this guy speak, an author and a speaker named Tony Campolo. Yeah, I love him. And when I told Becky, I think I'd like to be a speaker. I'm gonna do that immediately. My wife grabs my hand. We run up to meet him. I'm like, "What are you doing?" What are you nuts? Yeah, I can't talk. Look at me. I'm a deviant. Yeah. People like me don't meet guys like that. And I'm she, dumb, right? She, yeah. She pulls me up. She goes, hi, Mr. Campolo. And she tells him who we are. And my husband wants to be a speaker. And we actually had lunch with the guys. And I remember leaving there and getting depressed. And my wife's like, what is wrong with you? She was my girlfriend at the time. I'm like... Becky, I'm not smart. I'll never be that guy. I, I, you have to write books. Yeah, you right. have to. You, yeah. you, I can't be a speaker. Are right. you kidding? Right. Everything I said that I was not good on are the topics I speak on today. Yeah, right. Exactly. Every single reason so I this, said. Yeah, so, I said no. So, so, so this is so this is incredible. So you just told us your story, right? And and your mom has lived with you. 
Yeah. Most of your life. Right. You made an awful lot of money. Yes. And on top of that, two additional paychecks. Yeah. When, when you sold different things. You've been married to the same woman for 36 years. Right. You have four, five, you have five, five amazing kids. kids. Half Mexican, half German. <laughs> yeah, they're just. Uh, they're like the UN. <laughs> Your whole family's like a walking UN. Yeah. They're uh, they're good looking kids. A couple of them are scary, but yeah. uh, outside of that. Yeah. The, the, the girls, right? I, I'm way beyond yeah. anything I could ever. Uh, again, you, you, you bat out of your league, right? Yeah. Um, you just, and I, I, thanks for bringing it today. I, I'm so excited to read this because I, I read your first book. Of course, I knew your story. The book filled in, filled in the blanks for me. But, but you just released your second book that I'm excited to read. Um, it is uh, The Juan Ortiz Journey, Always Learning. Right. Do you, do you mind if I just read uh, a segment? Sure, go okay, ahead. This, this is great. This, um, all right, now when you guys get this book, you're going to see this. This, I mean... Your whole life, right? Your your, your dysfunctional birth, yep. your dysfunctional childhood, right? The the abuse, the embarrassment, the dumbness. Your dad, your your mom's brokenheartedness. Your siblings. You're moving to Chicago. The the farmhouse years, right? Uh, going to high school and being the and then and then going to college and then and then falling backwards into a relationship and then falling you know backwards into an amazing career <laughs> that that I mean that really changed everything for you. You've learned a couple of things, right? Right. And, and, and your heart's cry, correct me if I'm wrong, is 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 men's ministries. Right. Like you you want to really speak into the heart and lives of men yeah. to make them better dads and husbands. Yeah. Right. That's I mean, that's where you hang your hat. That's my main goal. And so and so after all of these life experiences, after writing two books, and after all of your failures, yeah. after all of your successes, your God's story leads you to these three or these six things. You got really six things. Yeah, I, that you I, can I hang thought about head, it right? over the years and I what were the keys? And people would ask me, what were the what keys? The keys? And these are the six things I and, came and up with. There, you're, you're the six pillars in your life that has that has led to all of your success is one, dream big. Dream big. Number two, get mentors. Mm-hmm. Number three, set goals. Yeah. Right? Now, now, now the wheels start coming off, right? Because we can all dream. We, yeah, we, we can all have friends easy. that know better. We, we can all say, I want to do this, want to do this. And this is where the wheels start coming off. Number four is work a plan. Tough to do. Right? Tough to do. Number five is take action. Yeah. But then you end with probably the most important one, the one that Jesus left us with, which is to serve others. Yeah. That's the life-changing transformation. And you know why? When I went back and I wrote my first book and I interviewed people, what transformed me was that last one. People served me, my mentors, those people. And I realized the only way to get ahead in life is to help others get ahead. It's the only way. That is a success principle that is taught by the Bible, that is taught by Jesus. He came to serve. Yeah. And, and those principles basically have been the keys to me getting up every day, feeling good about myself, loving the people in my life, and just keeping positive about what's next in my life. Man, and, and you know what? And you, what, are you, what are you, 56? Uh, 59. 59. You don't look a day over 60. Thank Congratulations, you. Congratulations, man. Look, <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. Hey, listen, I didn't think I'd live to 30, <laughs> so I'm really, you, really you, happy. You dodged a bullet there. But listen, here, here's, here's, here, here's the truth, man. Um, I'm a really honest person. Yep. 
I don't. Which I love about you. I, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't stroke people easily. Right. right. I'm. Su- I'm super excited for you. Thank you for what's next. Yeah. Because if if God can do all of this in the first sixty, imagine what He's able to do with the last thirty. Yeah. I mean, bro, it is so exciting. Thank you. I'm so honored and humbled that you would come all the way from your mansion in the west suburbs of Chicago <laughs> to the little crazy farmhouse, right? Yeah. To sit here with me and to pour out your I love that. Bro, this is incredible. Your, your story, as broken as it is, is a gift from God. Yeah. Before we go, did your dad ever get out of prison? My dad did get out of prison after 18 years. He was deported to Mexico. Oh, he was. And he lived for six years before he died of a heart attack. Yeah, after, after that. And, and, and did he ever become a Christian? In prison, he did. Amen. Yeah. So that's You want to know the amazing. crazy part is? I went to visit my dad every month for 18 years, and that it was actually through my life that he came back to Jesus. Come on. Through my own life. Come on. Yeah, it's crazy. It's beautiful. You can't make that stuff up. Juan, I love you. I'm so grateful that you were here. Thank you. Hey, guys, thanks for checking us out. 316 Podcast for 316 Creative Works. We're talking with Juan Ortiz. Thanks for showing up, guys. Hey, this is Clayton from 316 Creative Works talking about our podcast. Listen, if you like any of this stuff that you saw or you heard, I'm going to give you a couple places where you might find it besides coming in live to the Farmhouse Studios. There's a couple platforms you can find these on. Um, So you can check out Facebook. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and SoundCloud. So for the cheap seats in the back there, let me say this one more time. You can go to Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and SoundCloud. You can find that under 316 Podcasts.